Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Live from MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host, Mike Heck. The iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of Between the Links. Happy to have you here on this Thursday. Appreciate you all bearing with us with this Later than usual start time. I hope you can bear with me a little bit. I'm a little under the weather. If I start coughing and my voice goes, don't frown upon me. Because good news, the UFC is back this week. We have some things to discuss from the UFC and beyond. So let's get into it as we introduce the panel. First, Mr. No Gray Area, Mr. Hot Take. Excited to have him here as always. He told me right before we hit record, he's never been more ready for an episode of BTL. He's from No Bets Barred, and damn, they were good. He's MMA Fighting Zone, Jed Mishu. Hi, Jed. Hey, buddy. The Murphs get you down yesterday? Why are you sick? I was or, sick Not yesterday, two days ago? Oh, well then, good for you for doing them anyway. I did. 52 minutes and change. I was very happy with my time. I probably could have done better. Not bad. Not too shabby. We, we got through it. It was painful. But folks... His opponent, this man needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyways, because he's my best friend and the co-host of On to the Next One and the co-host of the brand new show that is sweeping the globe. It's called Tough Hang from MMAfighting.com, Mr. Alexander K. Lee. Hello, my best friend. That's still oh, me. Hi, my best friend. Hello, Kirby. Kirby is also here. Kirby is also here. So shout out to Kirby. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm so happy the Ultimate Fighter is back. My soul is full. And Mike, I just want to say, when you said this person requires no introduction, I almost wanted you to say this person requires no introduction and then just not say anything. And then Casey just switched <laughs> to me. I've always wanted to do that. I almost did it. I almost did it to GC on uh, Tough Hang, the first episode of Tough Hang, which you all can watch on YouTube. Uh, reaction reaction to Tough 31 Episode 1, a notorious return. Uh, but I was like, ah, it's our first time really doing a show together. I don't want to, I don't want to mess with them like that. But one day, one day I will do the requires no introduction and then just silence. <laughs> mark this date and mark the moment when it happens <laughs> in the future. So uh, let us begin with the long away to return. Big, big news, everybody. It's what everybody wants to talk about in the MMA space. Yes, The Rock is back in the Fast and Furious franchise. Just kidding. I'm talking about the return of Tough. Yes, that's where we're going to start because if we talked about The Rock, we would talk about an hour of Fast and Furious talk. You can go back into the archives of many of MMA fighting shows and get AK and Jed's thoughts on the newest installment of the series. But the first episode of season 31 of The Ultimate Fighter is officially in the books. A highly promoted, highly anticipated season 
featuring Conor McGregor, the biggest star in the history of the sport, and Michael Chandler as coaches. They are expected to fight hopefully later on at the end of the year. And Conor is coaching all of the prospects slash up and comers while Michael Chandler is coaching all of the UFC veterans. Weight classes are bantamweight and lightweight. And in the first fight of the season, it lasted all of 10 seconds. Roosevelt Roberts of Team Chandler stops Team McGregor's Nate Jennerman and the vets are on the board. So AK, you reacted right after on Tough Hang. The format, the coaches, the layout, first episode, knowing what you know, seeing what you saw, what would you grade the first episode of Tough 31? I mean, I'm, I wish I could go higher than what I'm going to say. I, I'm giving it a good, a solid B, a solid B, which uh, maybe might be higher than some expect, might be lower than some expect. I'll say, though, the, the only problem with the B grade is that's the same rating I would give to uh, Tough Thirty Season Thirty Episode One, Season Twenty Nine Episode One, Season Twenty Eight Episode One, Season Twenty. <laughs> you get the idea. You get the idea. They did nothing different, and uh, we talked. You know, we talked to this event, the reaction show. In some ways, that's a good thing because this is their first time, I believe, uh, uh, on big time ESPN. You know, someone's airing prime. I don't say prime time because it's like ten Eastern, uh, seven PM. Uh, Pacific. I wish they could air it a bit earlier, but it, it is, you know, whatever it is, it is live 10 o'clock ESPN and also on ESPN plus. So if you're, if you're expecting a new audience, then you don't need to change things up too much. You know, that it's a, it's a pretty professional, like well laid out reality television show that the, the format, especially for the first episode, pretty straightforward. Let's see McGregor. Let's see Chandler. Let's see the fighters. Let's draft them. Let's learn about fighter a, let's learn about fighter B. And then we have the fight. So it's a, it's a solid formula. But for people who have been keeping up or even just caught the occasional episode, let's say you watch like one or two episodes a season or or only watch premieres. You know, let's say every season is like you watch the premiere to see if it will grab you. You probably got 15 minutes into this and we're like, oh, it's the same. It's the same show. I, I, literally, if you uh, and and our, our producer, Casey, the, the elapsed fan can attest to this. Let's say the last season you watched was season 24 and you didn't watch the la- next few, last few years. And then you came back for this one. You'd be like, holy crap, did I just like watch the next episode of the last season I was watching? Because it's it's so much the same. And same isn't bad, but same is a little boring, especially when you're, you've got Conor McGregor. You've got Michael Chandler, who's a personality in his own right. Listen, I mean, listen, McGregor, the A side, B side, C side, no question. He's, he's the whole deal. The whole reason is on ESPN. The whole reason that most people are excited about Ultimate Fighter being back at all. Uh, but Chandler can carry his end of the the promotional bargain as well. So it's a little disappointing. We just didn't see a lot from the coaches uh, other than a little interaction. The fighters, we learned again, just about fighter A and fighter B. This is normally how it goes. We don't learn about the rest of the cast just yet. Some of them are familiar faces. There's this pros- weird prospect versus vet dynamic they're trying to push, which is less than convincing. But it it I'll, I'll stick with B because, again, if you've seen the show before – you're you're probably fine with it if you've never seen the show before like gc connor burks he was he he would have given it an a he loved it he had never uh he's never planned to watch a season beginning to end this is his first time that he's going to watch a full season and he thought it was great so i think b is the right grade i could see i'm seeing in the comments some people saying uh c and i don't blame them at all especially if you've uh been following this show loyally jed not sure if you watched or you followed up on mafighting.com as you would say, great website. Uh, maybe you saw mm-hmm. clips at the very least. Maybe you just watched uh, the debut episode of Tough Hang, which is widely regarded. But your grade for episode one, the follow, the reaction, etc. 
I'm going to peel back the curtain here for for the lovely viewers and listeners to to the pod later on. Uh, you send us the topics beforehand, gives us some time to prep, do a little research, and I was excited because when I got the topics, I was like, "Well, this first one, I'm just going to lose this category. Uh, that's a shame." And then I saw that AK was going to be my my compadre in this, and so I can just say whatever AK said. He's got a great pod. I listened to their pod today, and that is the only thing I know about this show is what I learned from <laughs> Tough Hang because I don't give a shit about watching Tough. Never going to do it. I don't know, Mike, what you thought I was going to say. This is a television program with Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler. You know me. Why on God's green earth do you think I would care at all about <laughs> watching that? Not. It's not just a TV program with them. It's a Tough with them. Super couldn't care less about this. Wish all the people involved the best. Hope it does really well for whatever reasons that is. But like how whatever the metrics are and for the people in there, nothing but the best. Sounds like some dude got got in nine seconds. That must be tough. That's a tough hang right there. But yeah, uh, don't care. Don't know why we're still doing this. An infinite number of problems. I loved everything Casey said on tough hang uh about it the show just sucking because of course it sucked i didn't watch a second of it and i could have told you it was gonna suck because it is what it is if it is your thing don't let me dissuade you man do what you want to do if you get enjoyment from watching that cool but it is not for me and hasn't been for me i think the last tough i watched was the straw weight one that where where we did the chance we invented a belt and did championships like made a championship of it even though the best strawweight in the world was actually already fighting in the UFC and everyone knew so. Uh, that's the last tough I watched and probably will ever watch. So incomplete from Jed Mishu? Uh Casey, Casey thought it sucked and I am predisposed to thinking it sucks. So I'm going to go with Casey <laughs> and say D. Oh, already right. trying to uh, get brownie points with producer Casey in anticipation of, the fi- of a fifth round. I see how it is, Bob- I mean, AK hasn't been on the show in so long that Casey doesn't Same. determine who wins. So uh, I will say I, I I watch it on Wednesday. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. But like AK said, it was just more of the same. But I will say it did enough for me to say to myself, Mike, we're going to give it one more episode and see if they can hook me. And I How? might be more on the Jed side of things. Because I just haven't How watched it How are they going to hook you? How? I don't know. Explain to me what they're going to do that they haven't done the last 20 seasons. It's just well, the same show. And, and if you're into it, you're into it. And you know what's a shame is is this, um, again, for anyone who hasn't watched already, uh, spoilers, I guess. It's been two days. You, you're, you're on your own on this one. So we got an eight, nine second finish, seven seconds maybe. We didn't get a full, uh, they never get, they didn't give an official time. Somewhere in the seven to eight second range. Uh, very exciting performance by Roosevelt Roberts. Lands just two great right hands, squares up Nate Jennerman, and, and that was it. The fight was over. This would have been a perfect opportunity for them to shuffle the to shuffle the the format a little bit because they know that okay, so they know the first fight ends quickly. Why not put the fight in the middle of the episode? <clears throat> And then have the second half of the episode be dealing with the aftermath. Be you know we can learn a little bit more from Jennerman besides just getting to focus on how just being so friggin' sad. Uh, again, you could give him people more Connor. This is what people are here for. It's more Connor. Let's get Connor's more of Connor's uh, perspective. Him him consoling Jennerman. We saw a little bit of that. I, I bet there was more. Uh, we could have shown Jennerman in the gym with Connor the next day. I guess we might see that the next episode. And I understand, like I said, the format works as in they're trying to build towards the fight. They assume people are here to see shenanigans and also a fight. Like you're almost building to the main event of the show, which is the fight itself. But when the fight's seven or eight or nine seconds, 
how much how much are you getting out of that really uh of, of having people you know st- stay on that long i know a lot of people didn't i saw a lot of people complaining uh about ads there's just too many ads I, I didn't watch it with ads so i didn't have that problem i saw a lot of people complaining about ads they just got bored they just wanted to tune out the the format is fine but clearly it doesn't work for everybody um so maybe putting the fight in the middle listen that might be a, a crazy idea too maybe people are saying well they would just watch the fight in the middle and then tune out that's entirely possible but again, at this point, you're 31 seasons in. You have the results ahead of time. You can play around with the, with the format so much. What if, what if they had done like a like a, a, a Christopher Nolan Tarantino thing where they put the fight at the beginning and then showed how we got to that point? That might again, Ooh. that might be the worst idea in history. I don't know, but this is coming from someone who's watched 31 seasons, what 10 some 10 something episodes, these over literally over 300 episodes of the Ultimate Fighter, and that's not even counting the the, the international seasons, which I've also watched. I, I would love to see them try something different. Um, it's just it's just not going to happen. And I think Jed knows that. Casey knows that. Mike, I think you know that too. <laughs> or you just know the first fight's going to end in eight seconds. Do two fights. Do two fights. Yep. What are we doing? Yep. Just do a second but fight. The, I see, but they're so stuck to their format though because that would mean another episode probably have to not have a fight, right? Because there's 10 episodes, so it's arranged so that there's eight quarter final fights and then two semifinal fights. So... I don't know. They, 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 you're right. And it'd be cool if there was just an episode, again, focusing more on Connor doing stuff. Casey wants to see more of Connor coaching or more of Chandler coaching. And I'm like, yeah, why bring Ooh, these personalities on? Because <laughs> focus on there. that. There's your story. Connor's not there. How does the team deal with that? And instead, instead, it's like you have these personalities. You have like I would love to know how much of Connor, like relevant Connor footage, was there even on that first episode? It's like a 45-minute episode without commercials. He was on camera saying talking or doing something for maybe Jesus. six minutes. I might be I might be generous. He was there was a great part where he had his team spar, and you sh- and he's like yeah, and then even Connor put on the gloves. You literally see him sparring for maybe half a second, one and a half seconds, and it's like oh that was exciting. And I'm like we want to see that. Show us Connor sparring with these guys. Didn't even use it. So I don't know what the point is of, of having these personalities if you're not going to feature them at all. It's frustrating. What's the point of any of it, AK? And I don't mean that in this like nihilistic sense. Explain to me genuinely what is the purpose of this show? It's not for prospect development. I mean, the Contender Series is a better vehicle for that. So it's not that. It's not really even star building. Who was the last star who got built off of Tough? That used to be what it was for. It's not that. And it's maybe is to build up a you know the fight between the the two coaches at the end of it. Not this one. This this tough season will have no influence on what Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler is going to do at the box office. I j- who is this for other than ESPN because they are paying for it? Like it's just I don't – you got to give me a reason to watch and Conor and Michael Chandler having a clearly fabricated beef with each other – and a bunch of dudes who aren't going to amount to shit in the UFC is not a thing that's going to make me watch. Like it's half yeah. of them already washed out. And I know that like team of Valley is actually like not a bad fighter, but there's, there's no hook. There's no, Ooh, the, the guy of tomorrow, the next Kamaru Usman is not there. So like, what are we doing? Do, do something fun and not just be like, let's hope Connor lifts his boat. And it probably is like Connor is probably enough of a draw to pull ratings and make this the most successful tough in some time. But like when Connor, when you can't lean on the Connor McGregor crutch, it's going to go back to being the same thing. 
oh, it is the same thing. It's just going to go back to having the same regular ratings. So, like, I just don't know who we're doing this for. You sound like you're not excited about the prospect of Brad Katona winning the Ultimate Fighter again and then <laughs> getting himself a second Ultimate Fighter contract. That is that is offensive to me. Uh, yeah, what is the purpose of this show anymore? Listen, it's it's a tough question. And, and as someone, like I said, who has oggedly followed this show, yes, I, I, I've asked myself the same thing. Um, because, yeah, like you said, does this show create stars anymore? Again, we're at the point we're doing this Vets Prospects thing where literally half the fighters on this show, on this season, are fighters who were essentially told, well, you couldn't cut it in the UFC. Um, I, I don't know who the most experienced is. I want to say Roosevelt Roberts, who fought on episode one. Um, everyone else, I think, maybe topped out at about four or five fights. Please, well, please correct me if I'm wrong. I know Roosevelt Roberts managed, I think, six or seven. I'm looking here. Oh, Jason Knight. I'm sorry. No, Jason Knight. Jason Knight was in the UFC for quite some time. That's about it. That's about it. And then, yeah, Roosevelt Roberts behind him. And everyone else kind of a smorgasbord of four or five fights. And again, these are good fighters. Talent. Hunter Azure, you mentioned Valiev. Uh, again, Jason Knight, I just said, Roosevelt Roberts, I think Kurt Hollabaugh, the oldest guy on the show, uh, I still think he has something to offer. But yes, but why, why what, make How much does he have to offer, though? On the show? How much does he have to offer? That's the thing. Well, the this question is, is why, not meant why to be even... disrespectful to Kurt Hollabaugh. If he comes out yeah. and wins this show, he's never winning a title. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. do do something if you and and the ufc is not catering this to me very obviously and i recognize that if you want me to care about this so we could talk about this stuff mike it needs to be back to season four which i i grant you was a horrible horrible idea at the time even though it did lead to one of the dopest moments in the sports history title shot for the winner bring in a new weight class let's do the atom weights God forbid we maybe find eight women to be like featherweights in the UFC or shit at this rate, even bantamweights. You have to give a reason or something because other reality television shows evolve. Every season of Survivor, they do something new. They've been doing it for like 50 seasons at this point. There's always like, here's a new hook. Here's a new gadget or or gimmick or whatever. It's just like, hey, we're going to put in 16 to 8 to you know, two groups of eight of weight classes of guys who weren't good enough to negotiate their way into the UFC without doing this and are willing to spend eight weeks in a house, like away from their families, instead of just being like, let me have a contender series fight, please. Uh, and this is what you're going to get. This is crap. It's crap product. And it's never going to get better until they try more. The, the hilarious thing is even the, uh, even the prospects, like we were talking about, like, oh, like, you know, what's Kurt Hallbaugh going to do? Even some of the prospects, Carlos Vera's 35 years old, <laughs> Rico DeShilo's 36 years old. And guys, if you're out there, I, listen, good for you for being in there and start, you know, maybe you've got a late start to your careers. And if you guys become UFC champions one day, you can shove this clip in my face. But I will it is, eat it is my hilarious. hat. I will, I will <laughs> if on Rico, air. If Rico DeShilo challenges eat my for, the, hat. for a UFC title, you'll eat a hat. Yes. On VTL, we can, the whole episode can just be me eating a hat because it's just not going to happen. Rico, Rico, or Carlos Vera, if you're out there, prove us wrong. Prove us wrong because, uh, I, Jed, I'm not. I I can't even completely disagree with what you're saying. I still find some entertainment entertainment value. I don't want to say value as far as like, is this show going to generate contenders? It, it, that really isn't the purpose of it anymore. But you know, one thing Casey did like about the show, which I also still enjoy, is. I still get caught up in fighter stories. I, I listen. I know we've seen a million of them. You see them. It's the same thing. We see them in the contender series. 
We see them talked about even on a preliminary, you know, a preliminary fighter. You'll have a Brendan Fitzgerald. You'll have John Anna kind of filling you in about someone you might not have heard of. So, but you know, when you get to get a nice closer look, we learned about Nate Jenneman's three-legged dog. We learned about uh, uh, Roosevelt Roberts, just two adorable children, and 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 him being willing to die in the cage despite the fact that he has two adorable children. It it still works on that level. It still works as somewhat infotaining programming. I feel. I feel. But I, I'm not by any means going to say this is essential programming, that this is like that the show has not been replaced by the Contender series. Uh, I still I still want to see the show stick around forever, but I completely agree. It, I, it cannot stay the way it is. It cannot stay the Dude. way it is. I don't know what changes they're going to make. I don't know what advances they can make because talent wise, I mean, listen, they're just draining the pool every year with Contender series, now Ultimate Fighter. Plus, again, regular sign just a regular, you know, uh, signing periods. I don't know what they can do, but uh, I, I just know tough never die. That's all I'll say. I can give you 10 ideas that would at least make tough somewhat interesting just off the top of my head. Like it's not hard. They just aren't, it's not what they want to do. It is not who tough really speaks to my fundamental problem with the UFC. They cannot fail. And yet they play it safe at every possible turn in the most infuriating way possible. I was having this conversation over Memorial Day weekend about a person who will remain nameless with my best friend and he's a trust fund baby. And like, I'm not here to blame him for that. He can't choose to whom he is born. Like good for him that he, he won the game of life by making it out of the, like out into the world. But he like then just went off and became like, he's a guy, no good guy, but just became like a banker. And that's like, fine. I'm like, but if I was born rich, I would spend my life pursuing something like fulfilling in a way that's interesting as opposed to like, what if I just, keep trying to make more money. Cause that seems like, like, no, like I'll try, maybe I'll try and be an actor or an artist or whatever, but instead he have the safety net. The UFC cannot fuck up. They cannot fail. Nothing they do can crater the machine that they have. And they refuse to take even the smallest risk or have even the, the minimum amount of fun that can be had. And it's reflective in this program, a program that is actively derided that nobody really cares about and that they could do anything with dana could come out tomorrow and be like season tough 32 we're taking a bunch of people who have never fought ever who sign up to do it and we're going to try and teach them we're going to take 16 cm punks and see if one of them can at least be like a baseline level competent fighter or season 33 we're bringing back competitions only this time there's stakes so before player a and player b fight each other on wednesday or whatever they're gonna do a foot race in the desert and whoever wins they win the first round they are up one nothing and it's two rounds fight let's go like you could do things they just don't give a shit and that's why like it's frustrating i didn't want to be mad about this mike look we've been done man Will you be show. watching episode two? Will you be watching episode two? The only time I will ever watch this show is if you physically make me because I have to come on Tough Hand. <laughs> it's the only time I'm going to uh, watch I, this show. I, I, might, I may be inviting you to come on soon. I know we talked about it. And so if I have to come on, then yes, I will watch that episode. The rest of it, no. Well, we tried. And maybe Jed will watch we this did, episode. Mike. We did, oh, he will. Think right. how... He think, will. 
I would tune in immediately if Dana was like, this week the contestants are playing ping pong and the winner, uh, the loser has to fight with one hand tied behind his back. But like, hell yeah. <laughs> because because who gives a shit? This isn't to determine the future of fighting. It's to determine a dude who's going to win this show and probably be irrelevant in three years, if not sooner. So like, just That's do generous. dumb shit with it and have fun. <laughs> I wish they did the play-in fights. I, I did like that. That would have been a great first that, episode. That, that episode was at least anymore. good. That episode was always at least anymore. good because it was just an episode of, you know, 12 fights or whatever. So you just tune in and watch that. And get their reactions to it. I would have liked that, but I understand. Bodies, contender series, free agent signings, all that stuff. All right. I think we are we are toughed out here. The point for round one goes to... I mean, Jed is a trier, but AK gets the point. It's one to nothing. Well done, Jed. I, I knew I was losing this one already, so we're good. I was prepared. It was, it was really having, good. Having, having watched the show, I probably had a slight edge. Uh, having you actually did. watched the, the episode. <laughs> so I'm a little unfair. Honestly, before I knew you were going to be on, I had intended to just come on and be like, I, I didn't see it. I'm not going to watch it. I have nothing to say. I hope whoever's across <laughs> from me can speak. Well, No notes. You got to listen to Tough Hang, and at least you got something. It helps. So let's. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity— but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's pivot on over to the PFL, gentlemen. They have been in the news for some good headlines with the Francis Ngannou signing, but boy, that did not last very long. As yesterday, we we confirmed a report from MMA Mania. Last season's PFL light heavyweight champion, Rob Wilkinson became the 10th fighter this season to be removed from the 2023 season for a positive drug test. 
and we haven't even begun the second half of the regular season yet. Jed, Sheesh, Wilkinson, Tiago Santos, Bruno Capeloza, and seven other guys knocked out of the season for positive drug tests, coming on the heels of the Singano news. Not the good start the PFL was hoping for in 2023, was it? No, no tough, uh, a tough hang for the PFL <laughs> as well. Uh, man, that's it's really catching on all the time. Yeah, that's it's really catching doing on. great. Great title, guys. Wait, well done. Uh, this sucks for the PFL because Rob Wilkinson's one of like five fighters that's actively interesting to watch compete for them. So, uh, as a man who's about to go to a couple of PFL shows here uh, in Atlanta over the next over this month, not excited about whoever they are going to be able to roll in there because it seems like half the roster is gone. They just backed up the money truck for Francis, who's not fighting until next year. The PFL is like the exact opposite of Bellator, uh, which means I like them more because, God, they're trying, but they cannot seem to to figure it out. Uh, and it's not really their fault. Uh, I would say if I'm the PFL, don't ever go to Vegas again. Uh, make sure you go somewhere where they don't test for drugs or they're bad at it or at least to where you talk to the fighters and be like, hey, this is just an IQ test. You just got to not be a total moron to get caught here. Uh, yeah, I don't – the Rob Wilkinson one, before Rob Wilkinson went down, I was like, well, it kind of sucks, but a lot of those names are not the most interesting fighters like Tiago Santos. I know that they invested in him, but he's Tiago Santos. But Rob Wilkinson is a champion going down as one of the most exciting guys in that organization going down uh, is really unfortunate, um, particularly for me because I've said it many times and I'll continue to say it. Couldn't give a shit less about drugs in MMA. I would way rather be watching Rob Wilkinson fist fight somebody, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks here. And now that's not going to happen. So tough all around. AK, your reaction to Rob Wilkinson being the latest domino to fall on this list may not even be the last one, but how bad is this this early into the regular season? Just sad. You mean, you mean halfway through the, at the halfway mark of the 2023 season, uh, Mike? Sad, man. Just sad. I saw the I saw the MMA fighting alert pop up. Our own Damon Martin covering it, and I was just like, I, "This is a day off," so I, I wasn't I wasn't there as the story was developing. So it just hit me full force. Uh, Rob Wilkinson ranked. Uh, uh, he's a MMA fighting approved. I think he was his first time. I think he debuted in the most recent rankings. That number fifteen spot, fun fighter. Like he's not just a guy who's winning fights in PFL. His fights are like actually intriguing. I'm looking. I look forward to these fights. And we were kind of thinking like, man, how high can he climb? Like probably because I mean it's light heavyweight. Light heavyweight is not the youngest, deepest division right now. If he rattled off a few more knockouts, you know, repeated as champion. I could see him like cracking the top 10. Um, now, I don't know. I don't know if people are going to plan to drop him out entirely. And, you know, uh, of second most importance to him, I'm sure, than losing his, his Emmy fighting global ranking, I'm missing on his shot at a million dollars, which, you know, you know, hey, it's great. He won it once. You know, I'm sure winning it twice would have been better. It's, it's such a bummer. And they tested for, I want to say he tested for clomiphene. And the other names involved that we've heard of so far, I think it's like Clomiphene and also Drostelnone. I'm reading this off somewhere. Sorry, guys. Um, either way, uh, bad stuff, bad stuff. I, I, I hate it for the PFL. I hate it for the league. I hate it for the fighters. 
I don't know what you can do. I mean, I'm kind of with Jed. I wish, I wish we just didn't test for these things at all. I wish we just let the, you know, if you're the PFL, you just look, find a way to look the other way. But, but such a big part of the PFL brand is them saying, Hey, we're, we're, listen, they're called the professional fighters league. So the last thing they can do is let anything like this slide, right? They're, go ahead, Jed, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to hear what you're doing. Pro- professionals take drugs in literally every sport <laughs> hold on every no, single no, sport in the world no. they are gassed suppo- to the but gills they're not supposed to they're not supposed and if you're the professional fighters you got to put the emphasis no if you're on a professional, professional you just you this. say drugs are bad while looking this way like you did in pride because you're kids, an adult who kids, gives a shit don't do drugs like our athletes. All right, see what they're doing. That's okay, but it's it's tough. It's a tough position. Don't take vitamins either. You know what? Don't take vitamins. <laughs> vitamins are bad for you. Don't have surgery. That's unnatural. You There's can't a lot put of pins things. in your bones and shit. It's all nonsense. Everything's, everything's dangerous nonsense. these days. All right? Everything's dangerous for the kids these days. But yeah, it it, it really hurt me though to see uh, to see the season hurt so much to the point that I honestly I I I was doing up a, a PFL write up today and trying to remember like oh who's 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 likely going to be in the playoffs because they just announced sort of the first um, the date and location San Antonio for the first playoff uh, event of the season. And I was trying to think, wait, who's still on it? Who's still eligible? Like, who's going to be there? And it, it was because uh, it's the light heavyweights are on that card. I don't know. And, and so this is, this is, if anything, the PFL benefit from two things. The Engano news, I think, still overshadowing a lot of this. And two, this is almost like a backhanded compliment. Um, they're the PFL. And if this, were the, if this were the UFC and like nine or ten fighters suddenly got busted, it would be much more of a story. This is one situation where the PFL's relative anonymity relative to the UFC that is uh benefited them because I see people asking us Mike you've seen I'm sure it's tagged in some of the on Twitter like why is this not a bigger story and I'm like this is listen it's just we've been covering it a lot of sites have been covering it it's the people who determine whether it's a big story or not and they're kind of just like shrugging and going like well there you go that's PFL that's you know that's any league that's not the UFC and that's how they go about it so again um it's probably good it's not a bigger story but it also says a lot about uh how people view the the organization well i mean it depends on who you ask ak and this is just a tremendous segue because as interesting as this topic is oh boy boy is there another thing that popped up on the old twitter feed that we just have to discuss around 11 30 a.m eastern time because don davis of the pfl tweeted out a thank you to the fans for essentially making them the number two mma company worldwide based on four key elements which i believe were like athlete huh. quality viewership paid yeah. media distribution premium video products the saddest uh, thing i've ever seen and on top of that jed i want to get your reaction to this this graphic here with check marks and x's and all sorts of fun stuff we have format and years in existence and total viewing audience global media rights pay-per-view fights which by the way bellator has had pay-per-view fights before so you could probably pop an old green check mark on the old bellator tag as well uh there's just a whole bunch here, and apparently this graphic is supposed to make it clear as day, clear as a bell, that this is the number two promotion with the bullet. So, Jed, this has been quite the topic on our Slack channels. I'll give you the floor. What did you make of this tweet? And more importantly, this graphic here going along with said tweet from Don Davis. Look, look at all that green, though. Green is good. Look at that. Look how much green there is. How can you guys like – anyway, go ahead, Jed. Need- I need this graphic to stay up because we just got to post uh-huh. this. Yeah, up. yeah, keep like, it up there, please. Yeah. Look at how sad this is. This is the saddest shit 
I've ever seen. And I don't like we we were debating in the Slack. Like I don't know what is more depressing. This is very much a uh, please. I'm stealing this from. I don't want to say his name in case he doesn't want the credit. I'm stealing this from a coworker of ours because he's spot on. This is very much the my mommy said I'm the most handsome man in the in the room like thing. Like okay, uh, look at. Who who put this together? Here's what I need to know. And when they come, maybe I'll get to talk to Don Davis in a couple of weeks and be like, hey, man, somebody in your graphics department made this. And then they handed it at least to one person in front of them who was like, cool. And then you looked at it and were like, yes. So I'm assuming at least three sets of eyeballs looked at this and nobody asked. Nobody was like, this looks a little bit desperate, guys. Like, one – pay-per-view fights being a metric is very clearly a metric there to show that pfl is better than bellator and one despite one they've done one of them two wasn't very successful and three bellator's done as many pay-per-view fights and they just (laughs) gave him an x for no reason international regional leagues is like some real reaching of what that means why that matters in any respect also Bellator kind of has something similar going on. At least the same. They had a Europe their, series, did yeah, they not? So they, they have exactly the same thing going on with the PFL's regional leagues. But the ones that really kill me, that that really, really gets me. I'm going to leave the, the glaring thing for UAK as we were talking about it. it off air. But the one that kills me is technology. Because... <laughs> They're the only ones with technology, but in the tech one, they say smart cage. Granted, they're the only ones with the smart cage. I'm not here to say anything different. Data, odds, and AI scoring. Every one of those promotions has odds because the odds aren't done by the fucking promotion. So it's, you can't put that there. Data, UFC stats is a page for data. Like this is, you they don't have the punch speed in MPH, which is the dumbest shit in the world because no one knows what a 14 mile an hour punch means. It is so inconceivably dumb that they put this out there as like a look at me, this is a good thing. This the goal they wanted to accomplish was just the top like four or five rows because, hey, we here's our format. We've only been in existence for five years as compared to the rest of these, even though it's also kind of bullshit because they are basically built to the bones of WSOF, but whatever. And then total viewership per event is number two. Global media rights number two. Those are the things they wanted to say. And then they put all this other stuff so they could feel like mommy's special boy. And instead, they just look like the biggest <laughs> nerds in the room. <laughs> AK, what did you make of this tweet and this graphic here? Uh, listen, the, the the chat is already losing it over the top. The what I'm going to bring up in a second. I, I, the technology yeah. thing is hilarious. I left uh, it for you, AK. Thank <laughs> you. I, I almost wish you hadn't because I just I'm I'm really not sure how to address this. Uh, First of all, technology. How could how could you just put smart cage and lump it in with data and uh, smart cage? They should have just put has has a smart cage question mark and then X of course X everyone like it should, they should have given themselves an extra check mark because I mean that's that's worth it. Everyone of course looking at the. Uh, I would have respected but, that honestly. I would have said smart cage is a column. <laughs> and question mark like question mark. Do you have one? <laughs> yes, no. That's it. It's a very binary thing. Guess what? Only one promotion does. Uh, fighter diversity. Certainly something to tout. 
good for them. Um, UFC, 35 countries. We see right there. Yeah, drift me over there. Yeah, 35 countries. We see PFL, 25 countries. Bellator, 25 countries. How many countries, one championship? I would think many based on uh, one championship. But how many? 80% Asian. Uh, I. <laughs> this is a um, unique way <laughs> of presenting this information. <laughs> This we again you inside baseball shit. We we talked a lot about this graphic in Slack, and that like hit me right away. And I was just like, I don't know what to say about this. Okay, uh, first of all, Asia is composed of. I don't know if people are aware. Uh, I, 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 I first I like Don Davis. I'm sure he's aware of this. I'm sure whoever made this graphic is aware of this. Uh, Asia is made up of many countries, so I don't know why does Asia what? not get like. What? <laughs> There's a lot of countries in Asia. I'm not entirely sure why Asia doesn't get the individual country count. Like, I'm not saying that it's not. I'd have to look it up. I haven't. I'm looking myself, but like, probably have, because it's more so than 35 got, countries. It might be. We've got Thailand. We've got China in there. Uh, Japan. I mean, there's a lot of. I'm just again. I'm just looking at some of these. It's uh. It's it, it was a little uncomfortable. It was a little uncomfortable when I just saw that. I am not accusing anyone of anything, by the way, like any sort of impropriety. But I wish they had just sort of thought about how they had framed <laughs> 35 countries, 25 countries, 25 countries, 80% Asian. The problem is the Dude, context. that's like day one shit. You just can't do no, that. The, the problem is the context. It's clearly when you make a graphic like this, you're trying to show, oh, here is why we are better than other promotions, right? That's that's you know that's the basic check mark thing, right? Check mark is good. X is bad. There's look at how many more X's there are in everyone else's columns. Look how many check marks there are in our column. Uh, higher numbers are good. Lower numbers are bad. Look at us. Number two uh, viewing audience. Number two, global media rights. Look at Bellator, number three and number four. Look at us, 25 countries. Look at one, 80% Asian. That's not a good context to be presenting that in. It's it's not good. It's I, I am being so uh, maybe overly understanding as far as what they were going for here. I get it. I get it. They were trying, you know, they're just trying what, to say- what, Genuinely, more, what were they trying to go <laughs> for? Say this, we are more diverse but than, than Asia. But this would be like one saying, oh, your promotion is 30, like 40% European or like 40% American. It's like, why? Why do it like that when you're only doing it for the one promotion? Uh, I, again, I, I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I don't want to. It is just a strange, strange way of framing it. And I think if if Don Davis were here or whoever made this graphic were here, they would, you know, they would think twice about presenting in such a way. It is a, not, it's not a great look. It's not their best, not PFL's best moment. Dude, I guarantee you, if you looked at fighter diversity in PFL, it would be like 60% European. If they got 25 countries, they're going to be pulling heavily from, from you know, Germany and and just all that group like it's just an insane thing can we talk about the other thing that nobody mentioned in the slack and I, it, it doesn't jump off the page but if you stare at this for as long as I've been staring at it now it really <laughs> really comes to the forefront of my mind and it's percentage of top 25 world ranked because first off let's just start here 
no disrespect to Fight Matrix. It's a nonsense thing and it's not real and you can't use it. We at MMA Fighting have global rankings. You notice they didn't put it up there because I think PFL has two fighters in it or whatever. So they don't want to be looking at the 0.03% of their top ranked fighters with that one. Two, here's how you know Fight Matrix is nonsense in general. If you didn't know it at all, what does the math add up to at the bottom of this? These are the four biggest promotions by a wide, wide margin. 30% of the top 25 fighters in Fight Matrix aren't under the banner of one of these four promotions. That means it has to be bad. How? Is Ryzen doing huge numbers? This is the top 25. Top 25. Top 25. Come on. There's yeah. ACA. ACA is a promotions. KSW. KSW. There's just, yeah. Okay. So when you're telling me that all of the other promotions outside of these four combined have more collectively top 25 fighters than the UFC, I'm telling you that's a dog shit metric to be using as your. Qu- quality of of you know fighters or whatever it's just nonsense it the on whole a, thing I is think it looks good on a graph I, th- let me let me get back to the positive again i i could talk about the 80 percent there are positives and i thank you i like the thank you at the beginning of the tweet that's good thank oh. you to the fans okay let's i'm going really right to the positives <laughs> thanking the fans always a good thing thank you thank you fans for making us the number two mma company worldwide in just five years. that's good but hey, this is the graph there's a graphic right in front of you I know. I need to know who who is total viewing audience by who is this Don Davis's polling system? Did he call his immediate family members and ask? Because I need to know who produced this info. Yeah, if Cam McLaren were here, he would be. I don't know. He would be firing shots probably at Don Davis in the PFL right now. Campbell McLaren would be losing his mind and (laughs) Chachi would be like, this is obviously ridiculous. I wish that's what we need is the three of those men in a room arguing over who's second best because nothing's better and more fulfilling than watching people argue about being almost as good as somebody else. I'm so mad he didn't put Kombachi Global on on here and didn't do fighter diversity like 95% South American Kombachi Global. I would have been rolling on the floor laughing like that would have just been so darkly hilarious but probably a good thing that that didn't happen um but uh, the second thing i'll say is positive is he's promoting he's promoting he might be way out to lunch with some of these figures i get this might be the the exaggerate you know when people make those graphs where it's like it's intentionally make it look way closer than it is you're looking at the data it's not even close he might be fudging he is why i'm saying might be He's fudging the data. Be. He's fudging the data here a little bit. But at least he's promoting. You know, we always get on Dana White about not promoting enough. Um, not, he's not promoting any fighters. That's probably also a problem. He's promoting just the, the the league itself and various metrics. But at least he's promoting. So my two positives are he said thank you and that he's <laughs> he's doing his best <laughs> to position to tell people his company's number two. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. But you gotta admire the chutzpah, and and isn't if you can convince if you can convince anyone, I, you know, then it can't, it can't hurt, right? You gotta convince people. You're selling something here. In his slight defense, AK, he probably couldn't promote fighters for fear that they too will no longer compete because they failed drug <laughs> tests. So because apparently everyone's doing it in the PFL these days. Funny how the UFC hasn't had any, you know, fighter of means and ability fail a drug test in a while. You think every top level fighter in the UFC is just living clean, huh? Uh, Anyway.
Well, that was a <laughs> that was a hell of a graphic, and thank you, Don Davis, for giving Thanks. us something that, to talk about on the show. It it did bring joy to my life today. I will say that. Go yeah, PFL. PFL. When's the PFL coming back? Next week, right? PFL next week. Tune in second second half of the season. Yeah. Thir- next Thursday, the overtime elite arena in Atlanta. Jed will be there. Jed will be, Jed will be there. there. I will. And you know, just to tie this all all with the bow here, if they we didn't have this drug nonsense, Rob Wilkinson would have been fighting Will Flurry. Not happening because both dudes failed drug tests, so we shouldn't <laughs> have tested anyway because it all would have been the same. Well. That was PFL's week. Let's head to a different promotion and talk about their week. Point for round two goes to. It would go to Don Davis, but he's not here. So Jed Mishu gets the point. It's one to one. As we head to the world of Bellator MMA. Yes. <laughs> Let's head to Bellator because they have been in the news as well. They did not need to create a graphic to do so. Uh, we'll discuss this first. They're bringing in a new division, a new men's flyweight division, and they will crown the first Bellator men's flyweight champion later on this summer. We'll get into when and how in just a moment. But AK, a Bellator flyweight division. About time, eh? Uh, Ray Borg died for this. Let me put it this way. Um, Ray Borg died for this. Uh, he he was <laughs> the only reason I think I want to say I think they booked that Horiguchi Ray Borg that ill-fated would be uh, putting it nicely doomed. Uh, Kyoji Horiguchi Ray Borg fight in Hawaii was as I, I assume that was meant to kickstart the you know their plans to have a flyweight division. Now what they should have done is what they're actually doing with this fight. We have Kyoji against uh, uh, Makoto Shinryu and it's for a vacant flyweight title. That's what they should have done for the Ray Borg fight. I mean, listen, we, if they were, were going to make Ray Borg fight at flyweight, really, it should just never have been booked at 125 pounds in the first place. But at least at least let people know, like, oh, this is, you know, yeah, we're doing flyweight now. I still don't understand why, because the announcement that they're going to do it happened so shortly after. Like, I don't understand, like, why couldn't they have made it that fight? Why couldn't they have announced it a few months earlier and say, we're starting a flyweight division with Ray Borg and Kyoji? I mean, people would have laughed because they knew Ray Borg was going to make it. But anyway, I'm going in circles now. You know what I'm saying. Uh, but yes, I love this. Long overdue. They've had a very solid women's flyweight division for a long time. Uh, men's flyweights have been killing it in the UFC. Uh, shout out flyweight unders, of course, always delivering. And there was just was really no great reason for Bellator not to promote it. Uh, I understand not wanting to um, – I, I, you're comfortable with the divisions you have. You don't want to promote too many divisions. But flyweight is – there's so many good athletes in it, so many good athletes fighting in other promotions that you can sign. Um, I, I just it, – it was it was a real mystery to me why, uh, why they didn't do it. But – Better late than never, I suppose. Great placement on it. Saitama, Japan, perfect. Again, I complained about the Borg fight, you know, whatever, not being for it. How much better is that you have two Japanese fighters going for it in Saitama, uh, Saitama Super Arena? So, uh, yeah, that's awesome. I'm super excited. There's a lot of guys they can bring in. I was just off the top of my head. I feel like I'd love to see John Dotson in there. Love to see John Dotson get a shot in Bellator. I don't think him and Koji, uh, Koji have fought, unless I'm crazy. Uh, I know he's wanted that fight. So there you go. So John Dotson's out there. A lot of good names. Uh, this is just a great thing for Bellator. And uh, yeah, I have nothing, I don't know. I have nothing critical to say about it. I'm just, it's just me being a fan and saying it's, it's, it's about time. 
Jed, your response, new division, Bellator doing things here, 125. Um, a little less uh, up about it than other people are. I mean, I, I think it's reasonable. Um, a lot of the top flyweight talent in the world is currently under contract other places, so I'll be interested to see how they navigate that. But you have Kyoji, and that's kind of the main selling point here is Kyoji is one of the best flyweights in the world and some level of a star, certainly somebody that hardcore fans love. So you want to give him a belt and a, a, a place to make K that, that totally tracks and works for me. Uh, I think honestly, the biggest plus to this might be that the UFC is going to have to invest more heavily in their flyweight division. Uh, we've seen them take some steps forward after trying to kill the division. Uh, but if Bellator starts moving, they may get a little competitive and start really trying to, to go go to the well, sign some of the ACA guys who, you know, ACA has a flyweight division that has largely been the best non-UFC flyweight division. So, uh, but ultimately, I, I don't know. I would have preferred to see them uh, maybe do an atom weight division or women's straw weight division. But if they're trying to open up the books, but totally fine. Uh, more they'll deliver more fights that are probably of high quality because you can generally at least expect that from Bellator. They are, they are a professional fight organization. They are going to give you at least a base, uh, a bare level of quality, even if, you know, their, their ceiling often is not as high as you would hope it to be. And the new champion will be crowned July 31st, Bellator versus Ryzen 2. And we'll have the final opening round lightweight Grand Prix fight on that card. The main event, AJ McKee versus Patricky Pitbull. Jed, I love the concept the first time around on New Year's Eve. I woke up early. I watched it. I enjoyed it. They're going back to the well again seven months later. Do you like them going back to this well seven months after the fact? What are your thoughts on Bellator versus Ryzen, the sequel? I don't hate them going back to the well because it is cool. I have some questions. I do feel like maybe maybe if this is a biannual thing, it's okay. Um, but it feels like it should just be like a Super Bowl type event. I mean, I pitched that forever that like what the PFL and Bellator should do is just make a Super Bowl of MMA once a year where the PFL, the champions for the PFL from the previous season face off with some of the Bellator guys, champions or not, and just super fights that are fun and interesting and, you know, et cetera. So I like them doing this with Ryzen. I'm never going to not co-promotion because it's better than not. Uh, I do wonder how many times they can do this a year before it just starts to feeling like, yeah, they're just one unified promotion where when this loses the specialness, will I still care as much? I don't know. And I'm also wondering why AJ McKee Pitbull's the main event. I'm not wondering, totally know why, but – you're crowning a champion. You should just crown the champion in the main event. Let Kyoji have his shine. Uh, but, you know, I know I know what to expect here. AK, your thoughts on Bellator versus Ryzen 2? As a man who loves series and many, many sequels to iconic things, Fast and the Furious being one of them, uh-huh. Bellator Ryzen 2, where are we at here? <laughs> Don't get me started, Mike. Uh, yeah, listen, no, I, I, listen, I say bring it on. Bring it on. It would be listen, it'd be cool if you could develop a Bellator and Ryzen supercard every year, like just once a year making this big annual event. Both promotions certainly have the talent for it. But I also think when you're Bellator, I don't know if you can always 
uh, bank on that kind of timing working out for you. That That is something that when you're the, well, I was going to say number two, number three promotion, shout out to Don Davis, uh, in, in all of them. Or do you say they're number three, <laughs> number four? Or them in one chip? Tied. When you're tied for third. When it, you're, it depended when you're the, on the metrics you were looking at. Depending on the metrics, for... yeah. When, you're, when you are battling for the bronze medal uh, in, in the MMA promotional world, uh, you don't always have the option of trying to, of trying to like mark down specific time. We saw it with Hawaii. We saw it. Um, uh, Scott Coe was like, "Listen, we'd love to come to Hawaii more often, but you know, so, <laughs> just the way things are, uh, uh, the timing doesn't always work out. There's arena renovations that we usually go to, things like that. So you kind of have to go with what you're given. So if if the opportunity comes to do another Bellator uh, versus Ryzen, let's say uh, you know in, in fourth quarter of this year, like um, October, November, December, you, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. You you really can't. Um, you really can't." You know, hold hold back. So I still want to see what 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 else pops up on this card. Uh, I think we're, it's only three fights so far that are official, I believe. Unless I, I have Mickey, yes, we have Mickey, Pitbull, Kyoji, uh, Makoto, and um, Kana Watanabe and, and Vita Artiaga. Uh, so yeah, well, let, let's see how much they load this up before wondering like, oh, what are they going to do if they have to come back here in uh, you know f- uh, four months, three four months, five months? Because uh, right now, like I said, they can't worry about that. Unload the clip. Just you know, uh, give us as many of these uh, crossover things as possible. And if it comes to the point where yeah, people just start saying, well, it's Bellator slash Ryzen, they're just one promotion. That's not actually a bad thing. I, I actually think that's I actually think that's kind of cool. It, it certainly won't. I don't think it's a, a partnership that would be like by any means official or uh, or super long term. But I think there's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with fans like um, enjoying that idea. Like, kind of like oh yeah, like we want to see other promotions team. Like why can't we get PFL one, PFL Bellator, like more more cross promotion in general. So. I'm not worried about brand uh, murkiness. Bring them on more, more, uh, more versus events, please. Are we going to get rise in rules for these Bellator versus Bellator fights? That's Can AJ McKee and Pinky Pitbull like foot stomp? Could we could we do some soccer kicks in those fights? That's the question so. I have. That's the question right. I have. But yeah, I was I looking at the not. release. I didn't see anything. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. So we'll you, see what else rounds really up. Do this that yeah. since it's a tournament fight. Like if the rest of the tournaments were also held in Saitama. Then oh, yeah, but you can't you can't really let those two dudes in the lightweight tournament fight under a different rule set. That's a good I mean, you, you could if you're cool, but like that's not what anyone's gonna do. You think this will be a cage and not a ring because of this the same thing? I actually didn't think about that. It should be, but probably not. They probably will do it in a ring, well, which seems dull. But well, we'll but see how I, it all I plays out. I also up. think it July does 31st. not matter. AJ McKee's gonna wreck him, so you can put this thing in any location setting you choose. Pitbull's getting smoked. How disastrous would Pitbull like flash KOing AJ be? For this no, tournament and for this promotion, it'd be it'd be fine because his name's Pitbull, and a lot of people might just think that it's the Pitbull <laughs> who already beat AJ McKee. It's Patricio. They won't realize it's oh, the Patricio beat him again. I'm like, ah, oh, he won the trilogy. No, no, it's actually the shitty one. Oh, well, I'm just saying there is Patricio like a could be the bandweight champion by the time this event happens. He He's could fighting be Sergio Pettis. I actually talked to Patricio yesterday. He said he might actually go down to 125. And try to win that belt too. Okay. And he's serious. Like he's not and messing he around. Honestly, what's, the, it, what's it, go for four titles? Sure. It, I it, remember when Darren Till was going to win three belts. Okay. <laughs> uh, I do want to say that we are one ups. We are two upsets away from getting Usman or Megamedov 
and Patricky Pitbull 2 in the finals of the Bellator Lightweight World Grand Prix Tournament. Unfinished business, Jed. Unfinished business, guys. We could This rematch could happen. Business was not finished, but man, we don't need it. We could be better <laughs> without it. Uh, you shouldn't have left me alive, Usman. You shouldn't have left me alive. <laughs> Look, that uh, would be an incredible comeback if Patricky beats AJ, wins his tournament, and beats... Like, that would be legitimately cool. Maybe that will happen, but we'll find out July 31st if Patricky can take that next step. Let's head to the hallowed apex, gentlemen. Point for round three goes to... The Prince of Positivity. It's two to one. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yes, let's go to the Apex. Jed yawned as soon as I said UFC Apex, and that kind of tells <laughs> why, the whole story. Why would I do that? <laughs> uh, so we have UFC Vegas 74 main event, which I'm sure, Jed, you're pretty excited about. We have flyweights. So flyweight under bets are probably in. Kai Car France looking to bounce back from his loss to Brandon Moreno, taking on the surging um, Amir Albazi. Should be a fun fight. Uh, we were supposed to apparently get Jim Miller versus Jared Gordon, but there's reports surfacing. We haven't fully confirmed it yet that Jared Gordon is out of that fight. And Jim Miller apparently still going to fight on the card against a fighter that is going to be announced shortly. That's where I'm seeing. We haven't officially confirmed this, but this is what is uh, making the rounds right now. Obviously, that was a fight that people were kind of excited about. Alex Caceres, Daniel Pineda. This isn't a bad card, Jed, is it? Like, if we're, if we're sitting down and watching fights on a Saturday night, I think we'll be we'll enjoy what we watch, right? It seems like one of those cards. It's fine. It has a couple things going for it. First, we did just have an off week, uh, so that always makes any fight a little bit more palatable. Uh, main event should be really, really fun. You know, um, that's a very good matchup. Two guys with stakes. It's a good. It's a good main event. I know that it's not going to captivate some of the casual audience, and that's fine too. But it's our. I mean, it's historic. It's our first non-title flyweight main event since 2017. Uh, if you listen to No Bets Bard this week, I had a whole list of things that have happened since the last time men's flyweights headlined a card that wasn't in a title fight. And it was ridiculous uh, because six years ago, a whole lot – like there are first graders out there now who were not born the last time this happened. Rarer than a blue moon. So, uh, yeah, and the other fights are fine. Um, 
a lot of low, like nothing that's really jumping off the page, like super elevated, super exciting, but mostly good matchups. Um, some fights that look like they're going to be interesting. A uh, couple of other fights that may be tough hangs, but you know, if this were 10 fights instead of 13, this would be a totally fine card. Instead, it's 13, so it's still a little bit longer than you need to be, still asking a bit more of your time than this product should demand. But you got nothing else to do on Saturday. It's a good way to get the juices flowing for next weekend. 9 p.m. main card as well. Uh, AK, I mean, if you want to give a gymnastic score, go right ahead. Uh, I'll save it for the preview show tomorrow. I really don't have one well right now, if I'm being honest. Uh, so, yeah, plug. Uh, I'm really, uh, honestly, a bit rattled by the Jared Gordon news. It's good to hear. We didn't, doesn't sound like we've lost the fight. Again, we haven't even confirmed that it's off yet. But No, we can lose on... the fight. It'd be great if no. we lost the fight. No, no, because we almost had, I'm, this probably happened before, uh, Jim Miller and Arlovsky both competing and Jim Miller, this is UFC appearance. If he does, uh, could still fight on Saturday. UFC appearance forty-two and number forty for uh, Jed Mishu's greatest heavyweight of all time, uh, Andre Arlovsky. That's crazy. That's crazy, and that's worth tuning in for for hardcore. That's not something you're selling to the casual audience. Like I, I just love to see an ESPN commercial going like, "Guess what? We got two of the oldest fighters in UFC history competing. Eighty-two combined pro fights. You don't know who these guys are. They're fighting, but you got to tune in. Not the sexiest sell, uh, but again, if like I said, if you're someone who's been invested in the sport for some amount of time. You may be cherishing your moments with these uh, these elder statesmen of MMA. So I I, I hope it's true that Jim Miller uh, is still fighting, whether it's against Jared Gordon or they find a replacement opponent because it's cool. 42 fights for him, 40 fights for Arlovsky. When it, this may never happen again. We, never, we, we, we may never see these guys in the same card again, so that's neat. Outside of that, uh, Mike, as you mentioned, the card quality, is it's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. Um, I think they got the right mix of competitive fights and also fights that are likely to end in finishes. Uh, Jed, I did not listen to you. you uh, no bets part is out there already, right? It sure is. Okay, I did not listen to the episode yet. I assume I'm I'm guessing main event, f- easy flyweight under. I'm not sure what you guys said about Tim Elliott and Victor Altamirano, but either way, flyweight fights are the bomb, as we just said. Bellator finally figuring that out. Uh, so we got two of those, and then uh, uh, Jay Malarkey's on the undercard. He's uh, he's a lot of fun. John Castaneda. There's some newcomers, I and mean, we had a lot of uh, fighters having to step in as replacements. But yeah, some some of the listen some of the cards be a tough hang. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's a, it's a 13 fight card right now. Some of these on paper look like they're guaranteed to go to sort of an uneventful decision. But that's okay. Uh, that's not like I said. Every, not every card has to be a banger. I think this is a little bit better than some people might be giving it credit for. But at the same time, I'm not saying it's appointment viewing either. Okay, more on this card tomorrow on the you preview know- show, Chad. Andre Arlovsky debuted in 2000. When he debuted in the UFC, it had three weight classes. <laughs> I God love Jim Miller and what he's accomplished most fights in UFC history. It is substantially more impressive what Andre Arlovsky has accomplished, especially when you consider that he took a big gap of not even being in the UFC and he's still like third on the all-time fighting list. What an unbelievable career. And this fight is going to be terrible, but I will respect for the pit bull. 
Heavyweight over? Oh. <laughs> Andre Orlovsky is the patron saint of heavyweight overs. What is it? What, 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 seven. His la- of his last 10 fights, he's gone to decision seven times. All seven of those he won. The three losses, he got finished, and it was usually pretty early. And that's what you want. If you're going to lose the bet, you want to lose the bet immediately. And if so if this gets into round two, Andre Orlovsky's going to do some Orlovsky things, <laughs> and we're going to make it a full 15 minutes. Love Andre. I love everything about Andre Orlovsky. That's uh, we didn't even talk about his various hairstyles. Uh, that's got to be don't I, I love I love like, on DraftKings. That's got to be what for a heavyweight over minus three thousand. No, gotta it's, be, minus, right? it's minus one fifty five. Andre really? Lusky really is number two all time in fights. Oh, if Jim Miller pulls wait. out, he gets he's one back on Jim Miller at a very different weight class and in a very different manner. This man wait is minute, never going to get the respect that everyone needs to give him. Hold on, we're bearing this here. Again, I'm sure people who listen to No, no Bets Bar had already heard this. Wait, I'm sorry. Over on this is my only minus 155? Yeah, over two and a half is minus 155. I'm oh. like fairly certain. Okay. Let, me, let me confirm. Hold that. on, let me check my – hold on. Uh, guys, I got to go do something real quick. One sec. I got to <laughs> I hear many clicks. <laughs> let me, let me confirm I... that. I actually may be confusing <laughs> that. Let me uh... – Okay. But yeah, it's, it's a say, smash over. If it is – I'm going to say, listen, I tell people, don't gamble on MMA. Never, never gamble on MMA. But if you do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's minus, one, over. it's minus 195 now. That's still it's moved, too. It's that's moved still, a little bit. That's still not high enough. I don't know. Dante Mays is young. He's never going to like, yeah, I agree. I agree. Heavyweight overs is the best. That's crazy. Can. What's Dante Mays' finishing rate? Not like. Uh, 50, not 50% in the UFC. I think. All right. Okay, sure, sure. All right, fine. Don't get um, Will Will AK anyway. piggyback on the most electric bet in MMA? Find out this weekend anyway, during our UFC Andre Vegas. Andre Olowski made his UFC debut when Randy Couture won the heavyweight championship for the second time. This dude has been around for a lifetime. Literally. Just like, You're not even kidding. Just 20, 20, 20 something years. People have been. 20 it's sad. It's sad. Full it's sad. years in the promotion. It's sad to put it in this perspective, but there are people who have been born after Andrew Olasky entered the UFC and, and have died before, well before yes. we see his last fight. So I'm sorry. Sorry that's, to put it that not, way. That's so got somber. Old, got old enough to take a drink or, you know, do something there else. There you go. And that's, then, yeah. yes. Raul Rosas Jr. was like minus five when Andre Olasky. He was like, he was a debut. concept in the eye of the universe when Andre Olasky <laughs> debuted. <laughs> oh man! I, ho- I hope I hope Arlovsky never retires. I really hope he's no, never keeps coming out here and doing this forever. It will be the best. Well, I have a feeling we're going to talk more about these types of cards in a moment. But the point for round four goes to Jed Mishu because dropping somberness upon us like AK just did talking about Andre Olofsky's UFC Sorry. debut. Uh, that means we're going to go to the knockout round. Shocking development as always. We will ask one question of both of these gentlemen. It will be the same kind of a question. They will each have 60 seconds to respond and then you peeps will cast your votes, which I believe we could probably do right now. We'll bring Casey in. He will announce the winner, so forth and so on. So Jed, what are we going to do here? You won last week's or two weeks ago. Are we going first or are we passing this on over to AK? I'm tired of doing this. Let's go first so I can be done. All right. <laughs> okay. So uh, 
you may have seen this, Jed, but we usually don't hear from the matchmakers of the Ultimate Fighting Championship all that often. We we never heard from Joe Silva, uh, Sean Shelby, we never hear from, but once in a while, we hear from UFC matchmaker Mick Maynard, who over the weekend sent out an out-of-nowhere tweet calling out Bloody Elbow and some of the media in general for chastising event quality. The t- tweet read, quote, Bet your bloody elbow complained about the UFC card this weekend and then followed it up with, I have no idea why I'm doing this, but which card did you actually think was bad? These athletes have been amazing. People responded. He responded to some of those. But there's one response that really caught people's eyes. Someone was saying, don't fall into the trolls. Thank you for doing all this and putting all these cards together. And his response was, quote, it's an honest question. I actually do remember the last bad fight card, and it's been many years ago. I feel the more cards we have, the more opportunity, the negativity is odd to me. So Jed, in 60 seconds, verbally respond to Mr. Maynard's thoughts and opinions on this because it has been a topic of conversation over the last several days. One minute on the clock, have at it. You, This is the type of shit that you do when you're so far ahead of the in the race that you have talked yourself into thinking you're behind. This is the shit where that we see a lot of like, oh, I too am impressed, but like, no. Mick Maynard, you know that this is not real. Like, the you, you are a professional who knows what you are doing, and every time you put Dana, Dana White contender series tag next to somebody on a fight card, you know what you're getting and what you're delivering. There have been 18 fights this year, 18 UFC events this year, including this one up this weekend. There are like five that were like had to be watched. You do it all the time. And we we talk all the reasons like you just don't have to say this. You could just continue to be quiet, but don't try and pick a fight about something that everybody has the receipts on. And the only people who will be like, oh, you're right, are the most bootlicking sycophants that have ever walked the face of the earth. Like it's unnecessary. All right. I'm very intrigued after hearing that as we hear from the the Prince of Positivity himself. You've probably seen these tweets, talked about a little bit on a heck of a morning because it was asked about. I just read them back to you. Now, and you've heard Judge's response. So now let's hear the Prince of Positivity's response. One minute on the clock for you, my best friend, and go. I'm going to give you positivity. Uh, I, I'm not saying I agreed with, with McMaynard. I, 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 in general, people with the stance of, yo, you can't criticize any card. That's absurd. That's absurd. Some cards on paper are stronger than others. Some are clearly stronger than others. But as I said with Don Davis, Mick Maynard is doing his job. He's protecting the UFC. He's protecting his own reputation as as one of the UFC's uh, well-known matchmakers, him and Sean Shelby. Uh, he's protecting his own psyche a little bit too. I, I say this as someone who uh, moderates the comments on MMAfighting.com regularly. I read probably 90% of the comments. I know I shouldn't. Um, but there, there does come a time when you want to defend yourself, when you want to interact. And and the good thing for Mick Maynard is he's not going interacting. He's not waiting into a shark tank. He's, for the most part, knowing that he's going to get a decent amount of feedback from, as Jed mentioned, the sycophants. So just for his own mental health and well-being and confidence, he probably felt like, I need to step out there and I, I want to hear back from the people, not from the media, from the people who love our product all the time. And I think he, he's probably happy with the results. All right. Thank you, AK. Thank you, Jed. Jed, do you have something I else you want to add? I desperately need the vote. I don't want to sway the votes. I desperately need to keep talking on this subject after the votes are <laughs> in, though. 
All right, well, let's keep talking. Go. We have we need to waste time anyway, so keep talking. I really want to know what he thinks the last bad card is. I while AK was doing, I was trying to go back and trying to using the years as the qualifier, and like, I think that uh, like even the most bootlicking son of a gun that's out there has to acknowledge that UFC Vegas 65, the Kennedy Enzuchuku Ionku Talaba fight card in November, they have to acknowledge that that was objectively bad. And that was six months ago. Like you, you have to. Of the, looking at it right now, what, 11 fights, the first seven went to decision, two of them splitties, or no, sorry, six of the first seven went to decision, and the main event was Canadians and Chukwu versus the Akutalaba. Oh, this is no, just no, like, no. you can't pretend that that's the co-main event was Walter Cortez and Costa Chase but Sherman. The, the you problem can't pretend is, that's good. The problem is he can play it both ways. One, on paper, it was supposed to have a different main event, right? It was supposed to be Lewis and Spivak. And then he can say, results-wise, it was like, still oh, bad. I know, I know, but, but no, but they'll, with every card, they're always going to have highlights they can point to because Jack Della Maddalena was on there, right? How can it be a bad, a bad card? Jack Della Maddalena, you know, starts somebody. We had a, we had a spinning wheel kick, right? We, you know, Andre Fialia was on there getting knocked out. That's always fun. We, and then of course the ultimate like defense, like, well, we got a finish in the main event. Oh, people criticize the main event, but there was a finish. That means the main event was automatically good. That's this and this is the this is what they can throw out there to defend things. And I, I'm not saying I agree, but this no, is like how you're probably if, I bet right if you though. ask McMaynard, yeah, if you ask him about that event specifically, I bet you he goes like, No, that wasn't one of the bad ones. What do you, what do you mean? You're probably you right because yeah. his answer his answer probably is, What was the last event where there were no finishes? And right, that that, that's, called, like, that's probably the only, because it doesn't matter if they have a 15 fight card with 14 decisions. If one dude does one cool thing, well, these athletes, they're just out there competing like sweet. Yeah. So are dudes at my pickleball court down the street. I'm not here to watch that shit in primetime television. I was, I was going to go like home by Avera and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, that was like, that was a few years ago, right? Like that was just like May of last year. Like that wasn't even that long ago. And that card, Dude. unless I'm forgetting something, definitely was not. I mean, listen, uh, jo- you know what? No, again, he could just say that fight had Johnson Almeida parked Rose. quarter on it. So oh, there you go. Well, that's, that, a- that's one of the <laughs> you best. You know what? Can't be. Can't. I, I should have brought it ten, up. <laughs> 10 of the 18 fight cards this year have been bad. And it's just like I say this quote Ooh. all the time. And it's like – and it's, I'm going to paraphrase it for this thing. But it's like, look, if you think that everybody else is an asshole – you're probably the asshole. If you're here to defend, you are clearly hearing the pushback that you are producing a bad product now. And is is the reality, everybody else is wrong and my product that is tangibly different than what it used to be is, is still great or I'm – I'm doing a bad thing, but I'm doing it for the money. Like, what is the more reasonable one? You know, and that's why you could just shut the fuck up. You don't have to, you don't have to come out and say, we wouldn't be talking about you. You wouldn't be getting dunked to the center of the earth by everybody with a brain cell on the Twitter. If you just hadn't done it, you can just not say anything. Can I, can I plug, so, can I plug something actually for you? Jay? I know we got to yeah. get to the, I'm sure we got to get to the score, the, uh, the results soon, but, um, I, I'm someone again who hasn't had the biggest problem with there being 44 whatever plus events a year because I always thought that MMA would become a 
you know, some sort of weekly event type thing. Uh, I never thought like maybe this many events because I think I thought there'd be some sort of off season. Uh, silly me. Why would they do that? Um, so, yeah. So I... Uh, I'm, I'm glad there's a lot of events, but listening to the BJ Penn Damn. So for anyone who hasn't listened to Damn They Were Good, the BJ Penn episode, boy, it reminded me of when there was a magic to these um, UFC events. Maybe more so than any other Damn you guys have done, because I think he's right in that era. I think he, I don't know if he's the only guy, but he's right in that era of guys um, that rise of the UFC that you've done a Damn They Were Good on. And it, it it really was something special when a BJ was fighting or a Jersey Pierre was fighting. And not just that fight itself, but like, oh crap, like that anticipation that anything can happen, which you don't really get um with the with the seven hour fifteen fight card these days. It's just it's just I mean, you just can't. How how can you possibly have that same level of anticipation? You have so much of the product now. So uh, I will just tell people listen to that if you if you wanna look back on the good times or if you were never aware of those good times. And to understand why we might be so so critical these days. Shots. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. Great production as always. I stuck All to right, it. I stuck to it. You hit the post like an absolute savage. Uh, Casey, come on in. I'm sure the 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 voting has been swayed enough at this point. So who wins? So we can carry on about our day. Shocking results today. Shocking results. Whoa. Ooh. Your winner today with 57% of the votes is... A.K. Lee! Wow! Thank you, Ultimate Fighter. Hey, you know what? This is... He did it, baby! He did it! It's all... Listen. It's all the Ultimate Fighter. It's all Don Davis. Shout out to eighty uh, percent of eighty percent Asians out there. Shout out to eighty percent Asians. Uh, you guys did it. You, this might be—I don't know—it might be eighty percent Asians in the in the chat. Maybe that's why. But you know, this is—I I am, I am excited. I'm very happy. Uh, it's been a great week. It's been a great week. Celtic Celtics about to win the uh, the Scottish Cup this Saturday. I'm super excited for that. Uh, it's gonna—it's it's just, it's just a good time overall. Thank you, everyone. Thank you who voted for me. Did, did you change it? Oh no, wrong side. Did you change it already? It's changed. I think you did. It's changed. Yes. Eight. Eight and fifteen. What a what a moment, Jed. Any any last thoughts? Look, I'm sorry, all the voters are Philistines who don't know like they're eating <laughs> McDonald's every weekend, forty two weeks a year. Sometimes it's fun to have steak, guys. Sorry, we used to only get steak. We'd only get it twelve times a year, but it was dope. Now we just get trash. That's <laughs> where we're at. <laughs> well, there you go. Final thoughts from Jed Mishu. Casey, you can hit the music so we can get on out of here. Uh, we'll be back next week to recap UFC Vegas 74. We'll get you ready for the return of the PFL, the world's prominent number two promotion in the sport number of mixed two. martial arts. The graphic tells all. And we'll get you ready for UFC 289, which is going down next Saturday in Vancouver, Canada. Amanda Nunes, Irene Albana, the main event. But until then, everybody, we'll see you tomorrow for the preview show. For AK, for Jed, Casey on the ones and twos, I am Mike Eck. Back next week. Good night, everybody. Love y'all. <laughs> this has yes. been Between the Links. Fighter Diversity. An MMA Fighting production on the Vox Media Network. 
The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.